0: Good morning. Today is Saturday, November 23rd, 2019. Our readings for today are Psalm 107, verses 33-43, and 108, 1-6. Isaiah, chapter 65, verses 17-25. Revelation, chapter 22, verses 14-21 and Matthew eighteen verses twenty one through thirty five. God is spirit, and those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our heavenly matriarch, to set forth her praise, to hear her holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship her, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by her infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves we are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us In all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy One is in our midst. O come, let us worship. Be joyful in God, all you lands. Serve God with gladness and come before her presence with a song. Know this, she herself is God. She herself has made us and we are hers. We are her people and the sheep of her pasture. Enter her gates with thanksgiving. Go into her courts with praise. Give thanks to her and call upon her name. For God is good; her mercy is everlasting, and her faithfulness endures from age to age. The Holy One is in our midst. O come, let us worship. Psalm 107, 33 through 43 and 108, 1 through 6. I'm just going to read them all through. She turns rivers into a desert, springs of water into thirsty ground, a fruitful land into a salty waste because of the wickedness of its inhabitants. She turns a desert into pools of water, a parched land into springs of water. And there she lets the hungry live, and they establish a town to live in, They sow fields and plant vineyards and get a fruitful yield. By her blessing they multiply greatly, and she does not let their cattle decrease. When they are diminished and brought low, through oppression, trouble, and sorrow, she pours contempt on princes and makes them wander in trackless wastes. But she raises up the needy out of distress And makes their families like flocks the upright see it and are glad and all wickedness stops its mouth let those who are wise give heed to these things and consider the steadfast love of God my heart is steadfast O God my heart is steadfast I will sing and make melody. Awake, my soul. Awake, O harp and lyre. I will awake the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O God, among the peoples. And I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your steadfast love is higher than the heavens, and your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens and let your glory be over all the earth. Give victory with your right hand, and answer me, so that those whom you love may be rescued. Praise to the Holy and Undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Isaiah, chapter 65, verses 17 through 25. For I am about to create new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating. For I am about to create Jerusalem as a joy and its people as a delight. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and delight in my people. No more shall the sound of weeping be heard in it, or the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant that lives but a few days, or an old person who does not live out a lifetime. For one who dies at a hundred years will be considered a youth, and one who falls short of a hundred will be considered accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit, They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be. And my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity. For they shall be offspring blessed by God and their descendants as well. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. But the serpent, its food shall be dust. They shall not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle 12, A Song of Creation, we will use all three sections of this canticle. Glorify God, all you works of God, sing praise and give honor forever. In the high vault of heaven, glorify God, sing praise and give honor forever. Glorify God, you angels and all powers of God, O heavens and all waters above the heavens. Sun and moon and stars of the sky, glorify God. Sing praise and give honor forever. Glorify God every shower of rain and fall of dew, all winds and fire and heat. Winter and summer glorify God. Sing praise and give honor forever. Glorify God, O chill and cold, drops of dew and flakes of snow, frost and cold, ice and sleet glorify God. Sing praise and give honor forever. Glorify God, O nights and days, O shining light and enfolding dark. Storm clouds and thunderbolts, glorify God. Sing praise and give honor forever. Let the earth glorify God. Sing praise and give honor forever. Glorify God, O mountains and hills and all that grows upon the earth. Sing praise and give honor forever. Glorify God, O springs of water, seas and streams, O whales and all that move in the waters. All birds of the air, glorify God, sing praise and give honor forever. Glorify God, O beasts of the wild and all you flocks and herds. O men and women everywhere, glorify God, sing praise and give honor forever. Let the people of God glorify God, sing praise and give honor forever. Glorify God, O priests and servants of God. Sing praise and give honor forever. Glorify God, O spirits and souls of the righteous. Sing praise and give honor forever. You that are holy and humble of heart, glorify God. Sing praise and give honor forever. Let us glorify God, Creator, Word, and Holy Spirit. Sing praise and give honor forever. In the high vault of heaven glorify God. Sing praise and give honor forever. Revelation chapter 22 verses 14 through 21. Blessed are those who wash their robes, so that they will have the right to the tree of life and may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs and sorcerers and fornicators and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. It is I, Jesus, who sent my angel to you with this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let everyone who hears say, Come. And let everyone who is thirsty come. Let anyone who wishes to take the water of life as a gift. Let anyone who wishes take the water of life as a gift. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to that person the plagues described in this book. If anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away that person's share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. The one who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all the saints. Amen. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity. One God, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Let us hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. Then Peter came to him and said to him, God, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, seventy-seven times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him ten thousand talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold, together with his wife and children and all his possessions, and payment to be made. and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the, pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave! I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my Heavenly Father would also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Let us affirm our faith together with the Apostles' Creed found on page 96 of the Book of Common Prayer. I believe in God, the Matriarch Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, her only Son, our God. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. God be with you and also with you let us pray our matriarch in heaven hallowed be your name your queendom come your will be done on earth as in heaven give us today our daily bread forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil for the queendom the power and the glory are yours We will use the suffrages found on page 42 of Enriching Our Worship, Volume 1. Help us, O God our Savior. Deliver us and forgive us our sins. Look upon your congregation. Give to your people the blessing of peace. Declare your glory among the nations and your wonders among all peoples. Do not let the oppressed be shamed and turned away. Never forget the lives of your poor. Continue your loving kindness to those who know you and your favor to those who are true of heart. Satisfy us by your loving kindness in the morning. So shall we rejoice and be glad all the days of our life. Amen. Blessed God, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. O God of heavenly powers, by the might of your command, you drive away from our spirits, souls, and bodies, hearts, minds, and wills, all sickness and all infirmity. Be present in your goodness with Jacob and all your creation, that our weakness may be banished and our strength restored, and that our health being renewed, we may bless your holy name, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Heavenly Matriarch, watch with us over your child, Andrew, and all your children, and grant that they may be restored to that perfect health, which it is yours alone to give, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Direct us, O God, in all our doings with Thy most gracious favor and further us with Thy continual help that in all our works begun, ended, begun, continued, and ended in Thee, we may glorify Thy holy name and finally, by Thy mercy, obtain everlasting life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. O God of peace, who has taught us that in returning and rest we shall be saved, in quietness and in confidence shall be our strength. By the might of thy Spirit lift us, we pray thee, to thy presence, where we may be still and know that thou art God. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Assist us mercifully, O God, in these our supplications and prayers, and dispose the way of thy servants towards the attainment of everlasting salvation, that among all the changes and chances of this mortal life, they may ever be defended by thy gracious and ready help. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. O blessed God, you minister to all who came to you. Look with compassion upon all who through addiction have lost their health and freedom. Restore to them the assurance of your unfailing mercy. Remove from them the fears that beset them. Strengthen them in the work of their recovery. And to those who care for them, give patient understanding and persevering love. Amen. To be understood is to understand, to be loved is to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Let's talk to your friends about the readings today. Holy Spirit, come and be with us. Give us your wisdom and insight to take exactly what we need today from these sacred readings. So it spoke to me about our readings from Psalm 107 and 108, and I liked the way we carried over from one into the other today. Um, Was the talk of the wilderness and the transformation of the wilderness into a place of blessing... So we have here that rivers are turned to desert and water into thirsty ground, land into waste because of the wickedness of its inhabitants. I believe that this is not something that God does to us, but that we do to ourselves. It's a perception thing. When we are mired in whatever it is that is keeping us apart from God, We feel like we're in a wilderness, and sometimes we get there because we're pushed into that place by circumstance or by others, and sometimes we get there because we wander there ourselves. But regardless, when we find ourselves in the wilderness, we know that turning to God, and that's what repentance is, right, is quite literally turning to God, turning away from the one thing and and turning to God so I think no matter what brings us to that place we can turn to God in it and thus we and our circumstances are transformed or we and our landscape I think is the better way to say it are transformed and what we plant bears fruit right when we're When we're working with God to plant, the harvest is going to be good. And we who are starved and thirsty find sustenance and life-giving water in Christ. And we'll talk about that a little more in our other readings as well. And so we can have faith here. We can hold on to this promise that When we're brought low through oppression, trouble, and sorrow, as verse 39 says, God deals with our abusers. You know, in this case, they're referring to the Israelites being oppressed by those who had authority over them. I think that many of us can have the heartfelt compassion of one who's walked through something similar. Um, even even though it's to a much lesser degree, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here in my comfortable living room in my suburban home in America I am definitely not a slave oppressed in the same way as the Israelites were, don't mistake that but I think that the taste that we have of oppression when we are abused by those in authority over us can help us to tap into just enough right because it's it's God makes what we have enough but enough understanding to empathize with those not only in the time of the writing of the Bible but those in our very current and present time who who are oppressed in much more severe ways um, enslaved and tortured and abused so awfully that our minds shrink away from it so let one of the things that we take from our own wilderness be empathy and compassion and a desire to assist others and I think that the first and the best way that we can help always is through prayer So I am not saying that we should be masochistic and seek out suffering, but I am saying that we should embrace the commonality of suffering, the conduit that it gives us, the connection to others, that we enter into our suffering with prayer on behalf not only of ourselves and those like us, but those who suffer like us. And there's a big distinction between people like us and people who suffer like us. My son is really um, wanting to break out of his own echo chamber, as he puts it. Yes, he's read, I think you're wrong, but I'm listening. um, At least parts. And come to know people who are not like himself. Spiritually, one of the ways we come to know people not like ourselves is we come to know the the common shared experience that we have. And that is a bond. So that's kind of what I mean when I say enter communally into intercessory prayer on behalf of all this common suffering. So God promises that he raises us up and he makes our families like flocks. And the upright see it and are glad. And all wickedness stops its mouth. I just think about shut your mouth. Like it's just shut down. How glorious. Let those who are wise give heed to these things. And consider the steadfast love of the Lord. And be not afraid. Be not afraid no matter what the fear is. One of the things that. I think we fear a lot is the fear of the imposter syndrome. Meaning that we fear that we're going to be found out to be not as awesome as we're supposed to be. And the thing is, the only one whose opinion really matters in the end, and I know this is a hard hard bet and I'm just kind of skimming by it, so forgive me, but the only one whose opinion matters in the end is God. And God already knows. And what's interesting is that God knows more than we know. So we're afraid of God knowing. We're afraid of the world knowing that we're not as wonderful as we're supposed to be. But God not only knows just how not wonderful we are, God also knows how wonderful we are. God knows all of the amazingness that he's woven into our creationness that she has imbued our design with and that thing that we're afraid of not being is less than the thing that God is growing us into is less than our becoming and so facing that and letting go of the supposed to be and the should be and all of the mistakes we've made which are really lessons we've learned that we think ruined us from becoming who we're supposed to be, those are really steps on the way to who we are which is greater. Because it's who we are in God and through God and by God. So, as the psalmist in 108, and it's a psalm attributed to David, says, Our heart is steadfast, O God, our heart is steadfast. Awake, my soul, awake, awake the dawn and give thanks. Let us have God's victory. Let us be rescued by the one who loves us. Awakening is beautiful and sometimes painful. Self awareness in its first steps can be brutal. Healing the wounds can mean cleaning them. You know, debriding a wound is a very painful process, especially when it's been a little bit since it's made and all the dirt and gunk and gravel and bits of brokenness have embedded themselves. But God, with her gentle hands, guides us through the painful process and out into this incredible open space because there's so much more to who we can be with and in and through God than who we thought we should be through our own human efforts. I was a little disappointed that we uh, went from Maccabees to Isaiah. I mean, I love Isaiah. But as I told you yesterday, I'm a little more familiar with Isaiah and with the rest of the Hebrew Scriptures than I am with the Apocrypha. But this is one of my favorite passages in Isaiah. The new heavens and the new earth, where there's gladness and rejoicing forever. I do, though. I have... I'm not, I, I think it's important here to note that this isn't heaven. This is a new creation. And the context here is that we're talking about rebuilding the temple. So since in the perspective of the people of this time, the temple was the center of all creation. Rebuilding the temple means building a new creation. And so I want to look at this passage through that lens that this is a new creation not heaven because there's a difference. So looking at it through that lens this is full of restoration that we're going to be restored to the to the people and the community and the created life that God intends. So this is kind of, in my mind, this is like restoration and evolution, right? So joy and life and life fulfilled, not snatched away before its time. I think that's an important thing to hold on to. And fulfillment, let's really, let's box that, not box it up, but let's let's hold on to that word. Let's, okay, let's say it that way. Let's box it up and take it with us. Let's carry it along with us for a while and really savor it because it's the fulfillment, not just of us, but of the generation to come. We will not labor in vain or bear children for calamity. They shall be offspring blessed by God and their descendants as well. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. This communication with God is beyond the bounds and constraints of human communication. This spiritual communication is something that we enter into with a certain degree of unknowingness because it happens outside of any prescripted Construct that we really um, have tangible tangible experience with, and there might be something that's both confusing and and maybe a little bit off putting about that, like how how do I pray when God's already heard and responded, <laughs> right? But that's our active participation, and we have to remember that like God's time. And and thus God's chronology is not the same as ours. So we are speaking and hearing, and and it's all kind of happening not linearly with God. But the importance is our participation in the process. So any question that you have about does God hear me and does God respond to me, let it be answered. And the answer is yes. Even if you don't have the words right now, even if you don't know if you'll ever have them, it's not, again, it's not some, it's not some secret code that you have to punch in to get the door of blessing to answer. You know, God's not a vault. But it's that, it really is, and I know maybe I'm overusing this, so forgive me for it, but it really is that co-creative process that we enter into with God. Together we both know and make ourselves. And it's never, as we talked about yesterday, we're never we're never too ruined, we're never too far away to be restored and rest assured on this too as well, my beloveds that when we're in this co-creative process with God and and my personal goal is to be always in the co-creative process with God we are not restored back to what we were but we are restored forward into what God created us to be. And it's a reiterative and ongoing process. But we're moving forward, not back. I hope that that's reassuring to somebody. And we come to the close of Revelation today. Let's talk first about the first verse. Blessed are those who wash their robes. So this goes back to um, chapter 1, verse 3. And it's described as my commentator as the seventh beatitude of this book. So if you go back to chapter 1, verse 3 of Revelation. and Forgive me, I've got to get there because I did not mark it. That's the first blessing, the first beatitude. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of the prophecy. And then blessed are those who hear and keep what is written in it. And then the washing, so that's the first cross-reference. And the second one is seven, chapter 7, verse 14. I said to him, Sir, you are the one that knows. Then he said to me, These are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. So this is what I take washing the robes to mean accepting the forgiveness of Christ. That's it. But that's not a little thing. Entering by those gates, accepting the forgiveness of Christ, it is embarking on this transformative path of co-creation that we've been talking about. And there's a lot that's entailed there. There's, you know, the awakening that we've been talking about, the self-reflection, the spiritual eyes to see the world, um, the embattlement on behalf of God against the spiritual forces of evil, the rendering every experience that we have to God for use in the co-creative process. Like... That That's a lot. And there are those that have not yet chosen to embark on that journey. These are the ones who love and practice falsehood. Because that's the summary verse there. Those who love and practice falsehood. There's some examples very specific to the time of the writing that are given, but think we can understand those who love and practice falsehood those are the ones who choose to remain asleep and unaware to turn away from the suffering and the pain in the world and from their own suffering and pain and thus their transformation I think that we who have decided to embark on the journey must have compassion for those who have not yet because we were all once there. I don't think a single one of us can say throughout my life I have chosen to walk Christ's path, Christ's path with God. I think there are many times that those of us, that we have turned off the path that we have Whatever our method was. Closed our eyes and turned away and shut down. And not been active. In the process. Now God's still working. Even when we're not working, God's still working on us. But there's an intentionality that's being asked for here. that we consciously make this decision and remake it and keep making it. But man, let's not, let's not judge or be unkind because it's not really us and them, those at the gates and those who have walked through the gates. It's all we. It's all we just in different places. And we have no idea. It's not a race. It's not like we walk through the gate first so we get to heaven first. That's not the way it goes because again, God's time is not our time and God's speed is not our speed and someone who in human chronology, and I think we mess ourselves up on this all the time because Because of comparison, we compare ourselves to other people and we're like, well, at least I'm further around than that person. And friends, I am so guilty of this myself. So I'm not just pointing the finger at you. And so here we want to be like, hey, at least I'm through the gate. These folks are still sitting outside. At least I've made the choice. Let's just throw all of that out the window because and there, you know, there are the other parables of, of the workers in the vineyard and, and many other places in scripture where it talks to us about this. It doesn't matter when you come. There can be somebody who comes to Christ on their deathbed and are suddenly and instantly transformed. The only focus we should have, the only comparison that we should be doing as human as it is to compare ourselves with others the only comparison that we should do, be doing is ourselves against ourselves I tell my son all this this all the time in respect to like his physical strength and prowess he's only competing against himself yesterday right today's competition is against yesterday's self and and that's the only marker I think we really need to use I think if I think when okay let's be honest when we compare ourselves to others because we're going to do it Let's only use that for inspiration. Oh my goodness, look how far that person has come. Look how they've been transformed. There is hope for all of us. We talked about it yesterday, the joy of the found sheep, right? Let's not begrudge the found sheep the time that God spent finding the sheep and drawing the sheep back and then the joy that God experiences. Let's enter into that with God. Let's rejoice with God over all of those who are found, over all of those who newly decide to accept the forgiveness of Christ and enter the gate. Because as verse 17 says, the Spirit and the Bride say come, Let everyone who hears say come, and let everyone who is thirsty come. Let anyone who wishes take the water of life as a gift. It is not something that is withheld. It is given freely. think that that might be a good place to end for today my friends or at least to close out our time together thank you so much for this time with you thank you dear friends Almighty God, Mother of all mercies, we, your co-creators, your humble co-creators, give you thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for your immeasurable love in the redemption of the world, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. Glory to God whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to God from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. We live without fear, for our Creator has made us holy, has always protected us, and loves us as a good mother loves her children. We go in peace to follow the good road, and may God's blessing be with us always. Amen.